Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports is back to talk about the football season. Were there any positives in the last few weeks of the season? And then, yes, we get into all the storylines heading into this very important offseason. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's just the greatest people of all time. Yes, the viewers, the listeners of Lockdown Spartans. Also, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. But before I let this gentleman talk, hey, today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. That's right. Hey, catch the Spartans versus Fighting Irish on the basketball court Wednesday night on Sling TV. It's Sling, the TV you love for a price you will also love. Try it today. Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. He is back from Happy Valley. He saw the close to the regular season. Steven, how are we doing so far? It, you, it, It's got to be a weird feeling to already be done covering this team. Well, on the field, at least, in November. But are, are we doing okay over there in your neck of the woods? I can't really complain. It's been an eventful month. It's been a pretty fun month uh, getting around, you know, covering all these different things. Obviously, basketball is a big part of that, too. Fun. Um, fun. 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 Personally fun. Okay. Um, you fun. know, That's maybe not we're always the today. most okay. enjoyable football you know the most aesthetically pleasing football and whatnot but uh <laughs> hey i mean that, that was my first time out of beaver stadium that was fun that was cool to see that uh really cool uh environment out there um yeah no i'm all right though man uh, i i was kind of you know a little bit of a bummer that looks like i'm not gonna be covering a 13th game just because uh, you know more football is always the right answer but uh yeah sure. i also understand that maybe maybe more football from this team isn't whatever but was isn't what people are really appetizing you know uh isn't too appetizing right now so I get it. I'm doing all right, though. Yeah, well, that's good. You know what? Hey, I, I like the positive attitude you come in here with. You just throw around the word <laughs> fun as if that's a correct word to use around this team from a fan's perspective. Hey, from a media perspective, I'm sure, you know, it was a very interesting season to cover. But you know what? We're going to have plenty of time to talk about the negatives of this season. We've already covered a lot of them in the last few weeks and really the whole five and seven season. But humor me here, Steven. Any bright spots you could take away from the end of the season? I have a few written down in front of me. Some you guys have already heard. Uh, you know, Avery Dunn is one of them. I like what we saw from Derek Harmon. Uh, Brandon Baldwin, I thought, did pretty well at left tackle. And also, uh, hey, look, uh, we don't have high expectations for next season anymore. It's not like we're going into next year hoping for an 11-win year. Uh, any Any positives that you could take away from the last few weeks of the season when there was really – a lot of darkness in those weeks, Mr. Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta be transparent here. I was surprised uh, folks, our listeners here that, that Matt was coming to me with it. He brought it up before we started. And I said positives from, from the Indiana game where, where, <laughs> right. they, where they completed two passes and one and MSU completely melted down and the uh, Penn state game where they, you know, you know, battled and, 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 you know, it was admirable, but, you know, lost the chance to go to a bowl game, you know, guaranteed and everything. So, uh, interesting premise. I'm, I'm proud of you though. That, that is you like that? Growth, uh, on your it's end. gross. So, yeah. <laughs> um, in turn, yeah, I mean, I thought Bryce Berenger had a nice day at Penn state. Like, of course he's out the he's out the door. Um, yeah. in terms of like forward looking stuff, uh, everybody you mentioned, I think, uh, I agree with, um, I thought Baldwin's done well. Um, those other guys that you mentioned, Avery Dunn for sure has been flashing, you know, through the end of the season here. And now I think he's a he's an interesting guy to watch moving into next year. Um, how about Dylan Tatum, though? Actually, you know, he was a okay. guy that I thought 
played pretty dang well, all things considered. Like, not perfect, of course, but Mm -hmm. for a true freshman who's bounced around every position in that, you know, defensive backfield from corner to nickel to safety, uh, probably both safety spots, I believe, to start as a true freshman on the road in that environment um, against a veteran QB. You know, I'm not saying Clifford's the, 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 you know, the best quarterback in the league or anything, or even, you know, even all conference or anything like that necessarily. But uh, he's a veteran who's been around, you know, and just that environment, you know, that can swallow you up. If you're a young guy, you make a mistake. So I thought he played pretty well though. I thought he acquitted himself well. He was, he was physical. Um, The one touchdown that they threw the tight end, you know, that caught one over him, the dude, you know, Tatum's just given up like five, six inches and like 50 plus pounds, probably more like 60, 70 pounds. Dang. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but he was right there with him. So, I thought all in all, because I didn't know what what Dylan Tatum would be. You know, you I'm sure you remember his recruitment was such a big deal. Yeah. And it was a Michigan Michigan State race, and one of the yeah. best players in the state you know, at a very visible program and everything. And they, you know, people it was a it was a big deal. And I was I was like, well, what is he though? You know, is he going to end up at running back? Is he a safety? Is he a nickel? You know, is he a corner? So just uh, I never really knew what he was. And apparently, you know, MSU's coaches were sort of going through the same thing because he's bounced around everywhere and, and all that. But yeah, he he I thought he played pretty well you know all all things considered for the situation and now you know um especially on a day where, where they needed him to right i mean they didn't have ronald williams didn't have charles brantley and now yeah. you know he looks like a guy that maybe you could say okay you know maybe he can develop at that spot over the next uh you know year and a half two years or whatever and, and become a, a solid player there for you obviously with the other defensive backs they just brought in you know in that freshman class right now and then the incoming 2023 class will be uh, full of some defensive backs too, you know, probably four or five, six guys, maybe if they can get there. So um, it's it's good to see what some of those guys hit, right? Because they've recruited big yeah. numbers in the defensive backfield, but it looks like Tatum at least, you know, has a solid uh, start to it and we'll see where he takes it. But I thought he was, a, he was one of those bright spots. Well, that was a fun few minutes. Uh, that, that's, you know, more time spent on <laughs> the positives end. than I thought uh, yeah, we could do. What else? Look at I us mean, go. <laughs> Trey Mosley's back, you know, he said in the hey! radio show he's coming back and <laughs> – just you know, just reliable man. The guy is just so yeah. steady and sturdy. Like we need a play here, boys. All right, there's Trey Mosley catching a ball to move yep. the chains. Uh, all four of his catches went for first downs um, in that game, and I just like that's just typical Trey Mosley. It's just like he yes. pops up out of nowhere, makes a play, just you know, no drama, solid catch. He doesn't bobble it. He doesn't make any flashy moves. Just catches it, goes to the ground, moves the chains, lines back up. Like just very workmanlike. Uh, I appreciate his yeah. consistency. You know, one other player I do want to add, actually, I don't want to leave him out. And we've talked about him a lot the last, really, month. I, I thought, you know, Jalen Berger really came along at the end of the year. I thought the first few months weren't anything spectacular from this former four-star recruit. But I, I thought his November was really as good as you could have hoped for after, you know, his September, his October. So that that's just one more name I wanted to throw out there really quick. Um, sure. Moving forward, though. Hey, there, okay, well, that's all I need then is just you agreeing. So, um, <laughs> tough day for him in the finale, though. You know, they had well, some, yeah. they had some progress there with the offensive line through the Illinois game until yep. that, you know, until the Penn State game, and that was definitely a step back. They just those backs didn't have a, much room to run. But yeah, I don't, I don't think the backs are uh, bad players. I think Berger's uh, got a nice, well-rounded skill set. I think he's going to be a good piece for him next year too. Yeah, it's kind of the same way I looked at the Brandon Baldwin situation, too. Like, he had a really strong last month. What was his Penn State game? Great. I, no, but I, Penn State just has a really, really good defense. I, I mean, I, I know that they are a step behind Michigan. They are a step behind, maybe you could say, Ohio State. But still, at the grand scheme of things, they are an upper-tier defense in the conference. So am I going to be 
Am I losing sleep over their performance against the Penn State defense? No, but that's because I've got plenty of other things to lose sleep over. So I don't know. That's just kind of how I grade the whole Penn State game is that uh, it wasn't great. No. Good (laughs) D-line. They lead the league in sacks. So, you know, you saw that. Like, Thorne was under more pressure probably than any game this season. At least, you know, definitely the most in a while that we've seen. Yeah. And then the running lanes, you know, that was just more of the same. That just there was nothing there. Guys were getting beat across the board, um, you know. And that just, yeah. And in pass protection, you know, the, everybody I think sort of had some breakdowns and some moments there. But again, it's a it's a good D line. They're athletic. Um, I think uh, Manny Diaz has done some good things as defensive coordinator sure. there to, to sort of spice up that defense and just uh, you know give them a, a couple new gears and everything. So yeah, tough assignment, but uh, you know, tough tough deal for Michigan State too because that group had sort of been making some progress. And, uh, you know, you'd really you'd really want to feel good about that position going into next year because we're going to be saying the exact same things going into 2023 until proven otherwise that, hey, this line's got to get together. They, they can't be a weakness for this offense and right. so on and so forth. You know, they just rinse repeat from August 2022, uh, 2021, 2020 and, and, you know, quite a few years now. I know. Right. I God. Well, yeah, we're, we're going to get into more straight talk here in the next. I, I don't think anything was disingenuous what we just said. Those were legitimate positives, but it'd be ridiculous to talk about nothing but sunshine and rainbows this season when, well, we're not looking forward to a bowl game. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty here in a hot second with Mr. Brooks. But first, I need to talk your ear off about betonline.net. That's right. If you're like me and you got the World Cup fever, you're going to be tuned into USA versus Iran tomorrow win and you're in the knockout stages hey well i'm also going to sprinkle a few shekels over at betonline.net they're the just the cream of the crop they are number one for a reason when it comes to betting info stats news analysis and well just fun futures props lines they got you covered top to bottom at bet online get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to world cup and yes even esports they've got it all covered at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts, well, I got good news for you, Buckaroo. That's right. You could find those at Bet Online as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on. So head to the website today, use a mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. That is at Bet Online where the game starts. And let's start the second segment with Stephen Brooks of 24 7 Sports by talking about the breaking news, the shocking news that Jaden Reed is going to the NFL draft. He's not returning next year, of course. I say that very facetiously. I That was a no-doubter that he was going to probably not come back next year. But with that said, Stephen, who else are we waiting in the bays on right now? Admittedly, hand up, I get so confused with like the COVID year transfers, who has eligibility and what, but like what are other big names that we're waiting on? Like Jacoby Winman, can he come back? Chris Bogle, can he come back? Anyone else that? kind of headlines your wait-and-see radar right yeah. now? Yeah, both of those guys you mentioned, uh, as you said, Jaden was absolutely no surprise whatsoever. Sure. I mean, that was, uh, he might have even – I don't even know. He might have even said it last year when he came back, like this is it, but I, I don't remember yeah, sure. it yet. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought that was a – like he was just done, but he did. He Jaden did have another year on the table, and uh, mm-hmm. a couple people were in my mentions like, wait, isn't this the end, period? And I was like, no, he technically did come back, and – I know NIL has been good to him, but it's it's, right. it's time for him to go do yeah. his thing. So yeah. uh, wish him luck there. And I, I think he'll be a good player because he brings a lot of value, brings special teams value. Dude's tough as heck, competitive as heck, uh, yep. you know, worker, you know, very, very hard worker. So um, I'll, I'll be curious to see where he ends up and everything. But, uh, yeah, Bogle and Winman that you both mentioned, both can come back. Um, 
Absolutely, and I would I would expect both two at this point. Um, okay. I don't, yeah, I don't. Uh, Winman would be the one that where you'd go. Maybe he could go uh, and test his, you know, take his shot. But I just, I don't think so. Probably, especially the way this all ended, in you know, okay. positions and everything. I think he'll come back. Um, I would expect at least at this point. Gotcha. Uh, also, other you know, other than that, like there's there's a lot of guys you just don't know about, and I think a lot of that's going to be hammered out this week. You know, December fifth is the big portal day. And that's okay. going to be, I mean, that's going to be like black Friday, like in the mid two thousands, like where, where people were just old ladies were getting trampled and just, you know, it was just an <laughs> absolute zoo in the malls, you know, in that era. When America was America. That's right. Yeah. That's what yeah. the transfer portal is going to be on December yeah. 5th. Um, so, you know, those decisions and conversations I think are happening this week, but like so many guys could technically still come back. I mean, Nick Samak and J.D. Duplain could both come back. Uh, they're crazy. They're true fourth-year guys, but they obviously have the, the COVID year on the table. Uh, Jacob Slade and Xavier Henderson are, are not. Um, at least Xavier is not. I guess Jake Slade technically could, but I'd, I'd be stunned if he did. Okay. Um, I wouldn't think that's realistic at all. Bryce Berenger's gone for sure, of course, but almost everybody else could come back. So, to me, the ones I'm kind of curious about are the offensive linemen, that uh, Duplain and Samak. What do they do um, as well as, as in the defensive backfield? You know, uh, Ronald Williams, I believe, could even come back for another one. Amir Speed, he's done. Chester Kimbrough, though, I believe, could also come back. So, wow. you know, I know those guys have, uh, you know, maybe haven't changed the, you know, the program necessarily by coming in or anything. But um, yeah. depth-wise, you know, that you still might want some dudes like that that have played, uh, you know, significant snaps and know your system and everything. Or – you know, you're just going to have to sort of turn a page, like I said, and go very, very young next year and maybe um, look for some new portal. Offensive line and, and those older DBs are the ones that I'm curious about uh, as to whether they'll come back, whether they'll move on, or what, what their situation might be. And let me know if this is an awkward conversation topic for the program here, but I brought this up after, you know, Saturday's game to the postseason, postmortem, essentially. What is going to happen with Peyton Thorne? Is it just as simple as that, well, yeah, he's coming back next year? Or do you think that there is a shot that some really uncomfortable conversations are going to be had and that this coaching staff might want to flip the page here and start looking to the future, a.k.a. maybe kick off this Kaden Hauser era? What is is that a fascinating storyline for you, or is that kind of an almost non-issue in, in your eyes? Yeah, to me, that's the number one offseason topic, you know, to follow, okay. um, you know, outside of like the personnel comings and goings. And, and, you know, I mean, the roster and the coaching staff, we'll see what happens on both ends. But that, that's going to be the immediate, uh, you know, uh, point of interest, I guess. But then once the dust settles there, yeah, it's it's all eyes on the quarterbacks because, I mean, Peyton Thorne, let's be honest, he didn't. Uh, he didn't step forward and just, you know, strengthen his grip on that job by any means this year. In mm-hmm. fact, you know, he probably loosened that grip. You know, he he had the opportunity this year to, to build on 2021 and to leave no doubt that he's the guy as long as he's here and that he's clearly the best option for this program. And he, he just didn't do that. So now, yeah, I think any and all questions are fair. Um, I'm sure that they'll welcome competition, you know, and that's going to be it's it's going to be very interesting. You know, there's, there's a lot of jokes, but I think there was some truth, you know, in, you know, in, inside of there at their core that, you know, maybe could Peyton could go finish at, at a Western Michigan, you know, but now that today yeah. uh, Tim Lester got fired and I, I assume his dad won't be retained probably by the next coach. Um, you know, maybe that's off the table. Maybe there's somewhere else he would go. I, I don't know what's in his head. He's such a competitor and he always mm-hmm. talks about, you know, playing at this level of football is very important to him and it has always been his goal. So to sort of, you know, uh, drop down a level or just go anywhere else, you know, really uh, would, would almost be hard to see. But 
they, it's fascinating, right, man? I mean, I, they, Michigan State has Very. to do what Michigan just did a year ago, you know, in turn, or at least be willing to, I guess I should say, is probably a yeah. better way to put it. I mean, Cade McNamara took them to the Big Ten title, took them to the playoff, and they came right back in the in the next offseason and said, hey, guys, you know, you're going to have to battle this out. You know, nothing's guaranteed here. And it was it was legitimate, obviously, you know, because every coach is going to say, oh, there's competition every day. Peyton has to win his job every sure. day. He's out there, sure. you know, like, sure, yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, you, I give credit to Michigan staff. Like, they, from all the intents and purposes, like, they uh, put on a legitimate competition and truly evaluated what the best move was. And now you see what they're doing. I mean, it looks like uh, they made the right call there and, and, you know, things have worked out. So Michigan State staff has to be willing to do the exact same thing. And uh, I do think it's fascinating. I do – I do right now I, I believe – that they will. Yeah, I, I do think they'll give Kate Hauser and, and Noah Kim, everybody who's there, um, a fair shot at it. Uh, because I do think they realize that, you know, that while Thorne is experienced, he's done some good things, he's a great leader for him. I do think they realize there's some limitations and that, you know, if there's an opportunity to get better at that position, then they, they sort of have to take it. So it'll be our first test, you know, because like under Mark Antonio, like we know what would, we know this wouldn't oh, be happening, right? So please. it's the first yeah. situation <laughs> that we've seen from this staff to see whether how they're going to handle something like that, where you've got an entrenched guy, good leader, maybe a little limited, uh, you know, skill set wise and everything. And then the young guy sort of trying to nip at his heels a little bit. Um, and, you know, then it's, you know, Kate Hauser has to go win it too. If, if he's given that opportunity, he's not just going to be handed anything. Right. So that there's part of it's on him as well. But at this point, yeah, I do foresee uh, a, a legitimate competition and, you know, we'll see how that ends up, you know, cause could Peyton, could it be so decisive that Peyton sees the right on the wall after spring and decides to move on? Yeah, I would be stunned if he if he left before spring ball. Absolutely stunned. I, okay. I would think he's going to stick around and compete and battle it out. And yeah, I, I assume in his mind this is his job. Yeah, you know, I don't think I don't know yeah. if he thinks about it uh, in that way. But I, I'm sure the staff is probably going to you know foster a competition there and let the best man win. And you know, will maybe it'll play into training camp. Like I said, maybe so. Maybe the room will clear out after spring and it'll be obvious. Um, but that's, it's fascinating to me. Cause I, I, I think it'll, I think every, I think every man's going to get a shot, but, uh, until we truly see it too, you know, um, you do kind of have some questions about how much of a look, you know, they'll, they'll give the guy who hasn't started two straight years. It, it is just like the weirdest conversation because, you know, before I start, you know, talking about it, uh, the, the weekend show, like, yeah, you know, they it probably might move on to him. We've seen his ceiling. Then I catch myself, I'm like, what am I talking about? Like, he was just the quarterback for this 11-win team last year. He set a record last year with, I think it was uh, touchdown passes in a single season or whatever it was. Like, what yeah. am I talking about? But, yeah, like, I, I don't – like, it's not crazy to say that he has probably hit his ceiling, right? I, I don't know. Like, I didn't see yeah. a lot of progress I think from we know what he is at this point. And, right. you know, as I said, I just – I think – I just don't think he's got you know all the tools necessarily to it, it just he's limited in some aspects of his game, you know. And, and as I said, right. he's, he's had every opportunity this year to take the step forward and to grab the wheel of the offense and and to be the guy there, and it just hasn't really happened. Um, you know, the accuracy has been in and out. I think he's not. I think I don't think he always sees the field super well. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. it's just clear. You know, he the entire offense did not adjust to the loss of Kenneth Walker very well. And that goes all the way up to Jay Johnson, you know, calling the plays up there in the box and everything. Like, just nobody, I don't think, uh, stepped forward to really, you know, pick up the slack necessarily there. So, yeah, and I'm sure he would, you know, I don't think he'd be happy about it. But I think if he's being honest, he would say, you know, he didn't necessarily, like I said, just put his stamp on that job, you know, and, and slam the door this year. I think he, I think if he's being real with himself, he'd say that he, he left a crack open, you know, for somebody like a Kate Hauser to 
to challenge him this spring. So it'll be interesting to see Caden with a full year in the program. I know he's been doing some good things behind the scenes, another year in the weight room to get stronger. So it's going to be fascinating. And like I said, you just got to wonder how, how much of a real shot Hauser is going to get. But at this point, I I do think uh, until proven otherwise, you know, I I have no evidence to the contrary. So I have to believe that he will get um, every, you know, every opportunity to win that job. Yeah, I, like you're, you're slinging the F word around. I'm slinging the F word around. I, the, the word of this offseason is fascinating, without a doubt. Like there's, And look, let's just go right into the other big storyline for this offseason. Coaches, the assistant coaches. And I'll, I'll set the line at two and a half is the over-under for coaches that take departures in this offseason. Over or under two and a half coaches that leave the staff? Or is that just a horrible line to begin with? Is one answer just obvious at this point in your opinion? I think it's a no, I think that's that's probably where I would put it to um look. So right up front, I haven't I, I haven't heard of anything imminent or anything like that. Um, so I'm not reporting anything here. It's strictly just yeah. my my gut or my speculation on it. Um I don't believe any of those decisions have been made yet. Uh and we'll see, you know, if any decisions are made, but I would go, uh, you said two and a half. I would go under. I think, I feel okay. like two um, is probably good. And, you know, I, you know, the first guy that comes to mind is probably Ross sales, just because of the way his, the special teams has, has, um, has performed, you know, and underperformed. You'd say, has I not guess, performed. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and so I don't want to go super long, like just like uh, speculating about guys losing their job, sure. but like sure. he's a guy that would probably be the first one that comes to mind for me just, when you look at the special teams performances, when you look at his position coaching duties, uh, his recruiting track record is, you know, uh, pretty short, you know, here. And uh, it, I, I think um, that could be a situation where they move. And then, you know, somebody else that's, you know, uh, just just somebody else. I, I couldn't really even pin, uh, pin it down for you right now. Somebody else probably on the defensive side, maybe like a, just a wild card exit, whether it's a firing or somebody takes another job. Um, yeah. I would say to the yeah two two at most probably feels right and maybe there's maybe there's one maybe there's none to be honest again this is just uh, yeah. all my speculation but uh, no more you know three seems like probably too much and, and I'm not even sure if Scotty Hazelton is one of them I know that that was the topic for six seven eight weeks you know right because he's got to go I'm not even sure if he is one of them because they have turned things around defensively um, I can say that it's you know that. Uh, I think Mel Tucker has had a little bit more um, influence on, on the defensive things, you know, the, this last half of the year too. So it's, I don't think it's, it's purely Hazleton uh, that turned that around. I think there's been some, you know, um, some ideas and whatnot coming in from, from uh, the big office as well. So there's part of that too. I, I just don't know how Mel uh, reads that, you know, um, reads that situation with him. So, yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating, but I think maybe two at most is, is probably what I would guess if, if any. Gotcha. Gotcha. And speaking of assistant coaches, too, we'll, we'll just end the show on this. During Thanksgiving week, news broke that Mel Tucker had a $100,000 bonus that he was supposed to allot to his assistant coaches. He ended up keeping it. I'm going to shoot you straight. I, I kind of roll my eyes at the story because I'm like, okay, we got the tunnel incident in Michigan. We're, we're going five and seven. I'm still rattled about what happened against Indiana the week before. Like, I, I don't have it in me to care about this story. Steven, should I be caring about this and how common of a practice is this? I, I guess just like what, what's your take on the whole $100,000 bonus that he never gave to his coaches thing because I'm just so beaten down by the rest of the season that I, I can't be brought to care about it. And quite frankly, what assistant coach even deserves part of that bonus? I, it's, that's uh, like that. Well, well technically it was for last year. Um, 
So, oh, never mind. So you could okay. say well, maybe they did. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And it wasn't Mel wasn't like ah that's mine. You know, it was it was Alan Haller that has the final call on it. Um, okay. It is the way the language on the contract is. It's at the discretion of the athletic director. Uh, I'm not reading it verbatim here, but it's it's sure. the discretion of the AD with input from the head coach, something along those lines. So Mel, of course, could could uh, you know give his input, but Alan Haller at the end of the day had the final call. Uh, I highly doubt Mel was like, yeah, I want that. Give it all to me. You know, <laughs> that's just how the, I doubt that's how things went. Um, I don't know how things went because it is weird, right? Like when the guy just signed the contract, he did like a hundred thousand is, is pocket change, you know, at that point. Um, and there's right. people in that building making, you know, far less than, than a hundred thousand a year, of course, and sort of the administrative support staff ranks, but even his assistants, you know, aren't only a couple, only two of them are making uh, three of them, I guess are making seven figures. Um, you know, the other guys are, are just, you know, um, you know, on food stamps or anything, but it, it is, it's optics. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it, it feels worse because of the way the season's gone, I think. And because Tucker's yeah. already an easy target because of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's easy to paint him as like this bad guy, or this greedy guy or whatever. We don't know. And we don't know what exactly, um, you know, did he take that money and go buy all the, all these people gifts or something? Did he, Donated to charity. I, I don't know. Maybe he pocketed it. Maybe he had a nice golf weekend. I don't know. Hey. Um, that's his po- That's his. That's his business. That's his money. Um, and it's in the contract, right? Like I don't. I don't know. It. It just. It, the optics, you know, and the framing of it, I think, look bad because of the circumstance of the season. But like the, I don't know. Be mad at. Be mad at his agent, Alan Haller. I guess like they. They put it in the contract. Like he signed it. Everybody was cool with the contract. Uh, you know, 10, 11 months ago. So. That's gotcha. what he was entitled to, and that's what they decided. So I don't know. I'd be curious to find out, I guess, you know, maybe from Haller, like just what, you know, if, if, if he'd even talk about that, just like what he was thinking or what, what those conversations were like, because there is the the ability to, um, you know, uh, spread it out across the staff or whatever they see fit. So, um, yeah, it's it just seemed like one of those things where it's easy to pile on Mel Tucker because he's already an easy target with his contract and he's got a losing mm-hmm. season going. And, you know, I, I didn't think it was a major deal, though, like, um, you know, if you want to just you know, criticize his, 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 the 9.5, you know, that's, that's the real figure. If you want to get mad at him, don't, sure. don't raise a stink about a um, hundred grand that, like I said, his pocket change uh, at this point. Yeah. And like, it just makes for an easy headline. And a lot of people just read the headline I and mean, even with context too, maybe it still obviously doesn't look great, but like, again, like, okay. Our, our kitchen's on fire. Our bathroom's flooding. Someone just threw a brick through the window, but someone wants to come up to me and complain about I, the, the garage door open or not working like a, a lot of other things are going on right now other than like just this this hundred thousand dollar earmark i don't quite frankly care because i'm so broken by anything else going on so i i just had to get a, a level-headed rational person's take on this whole thing um because because there's a lot to go through steven it, it was paid i believe it was paid over the summer like june or july i think i think it had to be paid over the summer so got it it had you know it was, to to report on it um and it's it's i'm, I'm not like criticizing reporting like it's all yeah, sure, it's all fair yeah. game it's all records requests and it's all public information public university all that um but like for for that amount of money to to follow that and to to see where that all went um it feels like somebody sort of had to it almost feels like somebody sort of wanted that out there right and like it Someone had to be cares a from, lot yeah yeah and yeah. it probably had to be from michigan state side right to know that he collected all of it and it wasn't dispersed you know yeah. through multiple people so that yeah. you know is, is way more interesting to me it's like how did this get out and, and who that's a really good who, point i wanted that out there maybe more than um 
more than just the actual facts of it. But again, you know, I'm not, it's, uh, I'm not, you know, that's, that's good reporting. That's good journalism. Like people deserve to know. And like, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all fair game, but just uh, that, that aspect of it too, you know, for it to become this bigger deal is, is interesting. Bang. Look at that. And Steven, once again, I can't thank you for all your generosity, not just this episode, but the entire season, all the, three ups that this team had on the 49,000 downs that they had. I, I appreciate you coming on every single week. And I know the listeners do the viewers of, uh, you know, the show on YouTube as well. So thank you for everything this season. You are the best. Uh, I hope that we can still chat during the off season here and there, but Hey, we're, we're going to give you back a half hour uh, of your week for, for, for the time being, if, if that's okay with you. Sure. Uh, sure. No, yeah. Bad. I'm always balls available. Um, sorry to the viewers. You know, that that's uh, that's a bad deal for you guys. Uh, you're welcome to the <laughs> listeners though. Uh, hopefully I provided a few things um, and some entertainment at least. And, and we uh, made your drive, your lawn mowing, yep. leaf bagging, house cleaning, whatever, a little more entertaining. Um, yeah. Have me on whenever, man. We got signing day. We'll see what happens with the coaching staff and, Roster uh, transfer portal. Uh, we yep. got some hoops happening. That's that's extremely uh, fascinating to throw the effort out there again. So, Thank God. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. If you need me, I'll be around. <laughs> you got it, man. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, just like Steven said, if there's any news that breaks, you know, whether Steven joins us to talk about it or not, hey, we're going to talk about Unlocked on Spartans regardless. So keep it tuned here. Yes, we still have a fascinating basketball season as well amidst this fascinating offseason. So keep it tuned here to the fascinating Locked on Spartans show your team every single day. Love you all. Let's go enjoy the rest of the week. Go Green.